Can Batman survive the danger posed by such foals as Ra's al Ghul and Signal Man? We'll tell you all about it next as we take a look at Tales of the Batman, Lin Wan, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. Land Wine was one of those really great uh, comic book creators, uh, tied into a lot of things, uh, was a co-creator of Swamp Thing and also of Wolverine, as well as helping to revamp the X-Men and was rightly... Uh, inducted into the Comic Book Hall of Fame in 2008, passed away in 2017. Today, we're taking a look at uh, Tales of the Batman, Lin Wine, which collects his work on uh, the Cape Crusader. Uh, these range from one-off appearance to de in Detective Comics to his own run as writer of Batman. And actually, the very first graphic novel I ever read. So, uh, let's go ahead and take a look. The book starts out with a story from Detective Comics 408, and it opens with Batman seemingly in a haunted house where nothing is quite as it appears. This is just a really, really good story, uh, and the art by Neil uh, Adams is just fabulous. It does a great job setting the scene, the atmosphere, giving it all this sort of Twilight Zone feel to it. So both writing and art are really good here. Uh, and then there is an appearance in World's Finest, the Batman-Superman team-up book. And it's uh, another one with uh, Neil Adams' artwork. And it's a, it's a story in which Clark Kent is apparently trying to hire thugs to kill Superman. And Batman's trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, this one is a fairly good story. It does end with a pretty nice uh, supervillain battle with Dr. Light. It's not my favorite uh, World's Finest story, but I enjoyed it pretty well. Alright, so the next thing that he uh, ends up writing is the Bat Murderer Saga, which was a series in Detective Comics number 444 uh, to number 448, and it's mostly uh, has the art by Jim Aparo. And uh, the plot in this involves Batman picking up a gun and appearing to shoot Talia al Ghul. And uh, the police declare, declare him wanted for murder because he won't turn himself in. And he's on run the run from the police trying to clear his name. He breaks into jail to question Rajal Ghul about what happened to Talia. And then uh, he appears to uh, have shoot Ray's. And so it's a story where he is on the run from the police, and then the creeper gets into the action to try and hunt down Batman. The story is interesting. It's essentially the first four 
are uh, half-issue uh, uh, stories with the other half of the comic book and detective comics taken up by the backup feature, but in issue 448, we get a full-fledged resolution at a circus. Uh, the story's not perfect, uh, and he does also fight uh, a uh, villain, uh, Silversmith, in the middle of this. This is a really good serialized story for the era. It manages to build action, to build uh, consequences, to uh, increase the pressure as the creeper joins the hunt. And uh, you get a reveal. It's not, shall I say, completely surprising. It just does uh, tend to make a lot of sense. Next up is another guest writing appearance in Detective Comics number 466. And this one, uh, Batman is dealing with the return of an obscure villain named uh, Signal Man. Signal Man is one of those villains that just shows the strength of the Batman rogues gallery and how you can really go back through history to see some characters who are not considered uh, all that successful and make them interesting. In this case, Signal Man really does give Batman a run for his money and actually comes close to killing Batman, which you wouldn't re- expect from a villain like Signal Man. But he killed, tried to kill him in the most Signal Man way possible, tying him up inside the bat signal so that when Commissioner Gordon turned on the signal, it would fry Batman. Uh, and of course, you know, he gets out of it. I think the whole story, for the most part, other than that little death trap, felt a lot like uh, Golden Age Batman stories, as there is a method to the seeming madness of Signal Man with some of the strange thefts he uh, chooses. And Batman has to figure out what the connection is and guess what comes next. Uh, next, we have... Uh, a story from Detective Comics number 478 and 479, which saw the introduction of the third uh, Clayface. And this uh, comes actually right after Steve Englehart's really good run on Detective Comics came to an end, and he intended to uh, retire. And he'd been taking Batman in a little more uh, hard-boiled direction, and Lynn Wine tries to pick that up, and it doesn't quite work as well. You know, he's sitting there because his uh, girlfriend, Silver St. Cloud, uh, left, uh, in the last Englehart issue, he's beating up thugs and telling them that he's doing it because of his relationship problems, which is just not a very Batman thing to do. Uh, as for Clayface 3, uh, his whole uh, becoming Clayface was because of his vanity about his looks. However, uh, the uh, formula that he copied from Clayface 2 had negative side effects. So now he has to kill uh, in order to maintain the power of the 
uh, of the uh, goo that allows him to be Clayface. He is just a, you know, really unhinged, sad, vain uh, character who does know he's evil and tries to avoid it, but uh, ends up killing people anyway. Uh, the art in here is notable. It's by Marshall Rogers, and he does some really interesting things with shading. It's not realistic at all, but it really does uh, feature some colors that just bring out the situation beautifully. Uh, so that one was fairly good, uh, but I think a bit flawed because of going a bit over the top. Then Juan took over as the regular writer of Batman. His tenure lasted 21 months, and he wrote uh, 18 of the 21 issues. Uh, the ongoing uh, themes or uh, plots uh, that came out of that, the big one is in uh, his first issue, he introduced the character of Lucius Fox. Uh, as uh, Bruce Wayne's uh, business advisor and uh, friend and a really key vital part of Wayne's uh, enterprises. And this would be a character who would be carried over into the post-crisis world and continue on even to the movie. So it's probably his most lasting contribution. And, of course, Wayne was dealing with a business rival, uh, mainly through Lucius Fox. Uh, Wayne hadn't become aware of the endgame at the time that Wayne uh, left uh, Batman. Uh, and that you also had the uh, return of Selina Kyle. And she was not returning as Catwoman, but as uh, Selina Kyle. And she, uh, she ends up taking on a relationship uh, with uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, after uh, Bruce is at first uh, somewhat unsure when she comes wanting to invest in his company. And uh, there's actually a background check conducted by Lucius who uh, reveals this to Selina, which causes friction between them and also uh, with uh, Bruce. It turns out that Selina does have a terminal disease, which can only be cured by some powder that is in a rare Egyptian artifact. Uh, so she has to obtain that, and it has uh, does involve her becoming Catwoman. But the big question is whether she'll go back to a life of crime. This is an interesting ongoing plot thread, and I thought uh, that it made for good reading. Uh, the art in here is pretty good. It's by Irving Novak, uh, who was always just such a very uh, competent artist. No one really thinks of him in the Jim Aparo, Marshall Rogers, Neil Adams uh, pantheon of great Batman artists, but it, this is uh, pretty solid uh, throughout. Uh, you also have a good run of uh, of ongoing villains you have a lot of you have some well-known ones like uh two-face and a two-parter uh, mr freeze uh and then you also have some more of these lesser known villains uh, i like the one with calendar man and of course uh kite man was in here as was the gentleman uh ghost uh probably the only one uh, that i really didn't like was the uh, Joker story. It was for the 40th uh, anniversary of the Joker, and uh, it really just did not quite meet my expectations. Just kind of a meh uh, comic. 
If I had another criticism, it is that I think that uh, DC and Watt in particular were really trying to uh, imitate Marvel Comics. Now, in many ways, it made sense to respond to what Marvel had done. DC characters were pretty uh, functional and didn't tend to have uh, like really distinct personalities, uh, say, during the Silver Age of comics. But uh, Marvel really created characters who were a bit more in-depth. They had some character. They had some personality. And so DC had to respond to that. And I think in many ways, uh, Wine does things, and DC had done things previous to Wine coming on board, to really make Batman uh, more relatable, uh, such as having him move into the center of the city to be near the people that he's helping, as opposed to out in the country at Wayne Manor. And uh, even the romantic relationships with Selina Kyle and before that with Silver St. Cloud was not something you would have seen happen in the Silver Age. But there are some moments where, I, as I'm reading this, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're totally ripping off Marvel in ways that really don't work with Batman. For example... Batman, after uh, Selina Kyle uh, leaves, goes on top of a roof and sits there brooding. Now I'm alone. Uh, now I'm alone again, looking for somewhere else to place the blame, looking for someone to punch. And it's like, okay, this sort of sitting on the rooftop brooding about your love life. That is a Spider-Man thing to do. Spider-Man does that. Batman does not do that. Uh, particularly, yeah, it's just, it just really does not look good on him. And for that matter, I did think that the departure of Selina Kyle, uh, was a bit abrupt. I think that uh, they'd gotten a lot of stuff out of the way, and so the natural progression was for that relationship to get more serious. But they didn't want to go that direction, so they have Selena up and leave town for a very spurious reason. Still, despite those points, I actually found this enjoyable. Uh, Lynn Wine's run on Batman was not uh, like some all-time great run, but it was a really good run. He used a lot of fun characters, and particularly if you grew up during this era, uh, this is a book I think you will enjoy checking out. Well, we have a few more stories to go, and we will we'll go ahead and come back next time with the rest of uh, this book. If you do have a comment, email to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.